and um, Luke chapter 1 uh, this evening. We're going to begin reading tonight in, see we start with verse 38, let's pick up in verse 39 tonight. And uh, Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord." And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hoped in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Let's pray tonight. Father, as we get in your word tonight, Lord, how we need you. And uh, we pray tonight that you would bless us and help us. as we, Lord, as we near Christmas, I know that uh, there are many plans, there are many activities and our schedules, our calendars are, are filled with activity. And I pray tonight that you would help us to uh, just uh, relax a little bit. Take a breather and allow your word to refresh us, help us, give us the spiritual nourishment that we need tonight. That we, Lord, that we continue in our daily life walking in your spirit. And following your leadership. Lord, I pray tonight as we begin our service. That not only you would bless us in the auditorium. But you would be with those in our children's ministry. God, as they have their Christmas parties. And the different activities that they have going on tonight. Lord, that our children have a great time in your house. And uh, Father, that we can rejoice in a Savior that was born and Uh, Put on this robe of flesh that he might die for our sins. And our teens, Lord, they're also just outside this building tonight. They're having their Christmas party and a lot of activities. Great deal of fellowship, a lot of fun times. 
are taking place. We pray your blessing upon them tonight. Lord, that you would refresh them. Lord, that you would help them to grow in fellowship with one another, fellowship with you, and your blessing be upon them. Be with us tonight. We look to you for all the help that we need. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned on Sunday, when we get here to Luke chapter 1, okay, uh, the nation of Israel had fallen on hard times. Uh, For four centuries, God had remained silent to his people. They hadn't heard a word from the Lord. It's been a time since Malachi to Matthew. It's been a time of quietness, and that's a long time not to get a word from the Lord and not to have a prophet stand up and say they've got a message from God. But in the last six months here in Luke chapter 1, two private conversations would take place that would shake up the world. The first was between the angel Gabriel and Zacharias, and as we looked at Sunday, the other between Gabriel and Mary. And so Mary had received this message sent from God explaining how she would miraculously give birth to a, to a son, even though she had never known a man. This child would be born of a virgin, and the babe's name would be Jesus, and he would forever be known as the Son of God. As we begin reading tonight, in verse number 39, and uh, the Bible says that, uh, that Mary went with haste to visit her older cousin Elizabeth, who herself was, uh, had a miracle within her. She too was, she was at the age where she couldn't have a child, and her and Zacharias had just given up hope that they would ever have a baby But the Lord blessed them with a child whose name would be John. We would know him as John the Baptist. And he was the forerunner of Christ, the one who came to prepare Jesus and and manifest Jesus unto the people of Israel. And we've noticed tonight that when Mary entered Elizabeth's home, Elizabeth testified that at that moment she was filled with the Holy Spirit And the babe leaped in her womb, testifying of who had just entered her into her home. And she offered spirit-filled encouragement uh, to Mary as she entered her home. And this led to Mary's song of praise that we're going to focus on tonight, beginning in verse number 46. That's preserved for us in Scripture as she so wonderfully took the opportunity to praise the Lord. And so as we really, as we enter this Christmas season, as we prepare our hearts uh, to give thanks for the, the true meaning of what Christmas is all about, I want us to focus on a couple of things tonight that we can glean from Mary's praise as she offers some important principles that will help us worship our same great God. And the first thing that I want to highlight tonight is the intensity of her praise. The Bible says in Psalm 150 in verse 6, it says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. It makes us stop and consider 
the idea, the thought that praising God should come as natural as breathing. Breathing we don't even think about. We, we just do it. We can sleep at night and our body just breathes because that's the natural thing. If we stop breathing, what happens? We, we die, right? Spiritually, praising the Lord, giving thanks to God should come just as natural to a child of God, to a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It should come naturally. Whether we praise the Lord by lifting our hands or we praise Him through singing or we praise Him through fellowship with one another or with the words uttered from our lips, praising God should be articulated from our hearts. Okay, It's more than being in our head and coming out our lips. It begins in our heart. It begins in our being. It begins in who we are. And it comes forth and, and we see it articulated in the way that we worship God. It's more than just something we say. It's an expression of our faith toward the Lord. Otherwise, otherwise, Randall, it's just, it's just empty words. You know, we can tell someone we love them and go out in the next moment and do something completely contrary to that, right? Everyone that, love, that we love, they appreciate the sentiment. They appreciate the, the words, but they sure appreciate the expression. They appreciate how we show that to them. And if we really love them, well then it'll be revealed in our actions and what we do. Otherwise, it's just empty words. It's just something that we say. And we can get in a habit of saying it. We can get in a habit of coming to church. We can get a habit of singing and never paying attention to what we're singing. We can pray and never realize what we're praying. How many of us, and I'll raise both hands tonight, have got down on our knees or just stopped and prayed, and three minutes later you wake up? Right? Or you prayed, and you go back and you think, what did I just say? I don't even know what I was saying. But what I found myself doing is I, I got into a routine of prayer. And I said something that I just say all the time. And therefore, it just becomes routine, and my mind and my body gets bored with it, and I drift off uh, consciously somewhere else, right? Right? And in that moment, my worship, my prayer life, my praise just becomes a routine. And it's just empty words. In a moment of complete faith and a submissive spirit, Mary revealed a few things that are invaluable to us that we should be intentional in our worship. And the first is this in verse 46. And that is, Mary shows the intensity of her praise from the demonstration of her lips. Because the Bible says in verse 46, what's the first three words? And Mary did what? Said. She said something. So she spoke something. Something come out of her mouth. You know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, Paul wrote, that man is made up of three parts. 
He says, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And whether it's personal in our personal time of fellowship with the Lord, our personal prayer life, our personal devotion, or it's corporate like like tonight when we come together as a body of believers, worship is expressed by the body. So just think about it like this. Consider how we show appreciation to someone. What's a way that I can show appreciation to someone? Give me something. Saying thank you. All right? Saying thank you shows appreciation. I like it when somebody says thank you, don't you? I appreciate that. So when they say thank you, they actually say something. They don't just look at me. I'm like, that's all you got? That's all you got? They, they, may, they may think in their, in their mind, thank you. But it shows appreciation when they say it. How about when we do this right here? Right? That's showing appreciation for something. When our choir sings a wonderful song or someone sings a special or, or we just want to honor someone for something they did, we clap our hands. Sometimes if we really want to express appreciation, we actually stand up and do this right here. Right? Because then it is something special. And my point is, is this. Appreciation involves the body. Okay? It involves us saying something, it involves us doing something, it involves us actively participating. And so whether we're giving thanks, we're showing appreciation, or praising our Lord with a heart of worship, it's not only okay, I think it's necessary that we use our lips, that we clap our hands, that we stand up. And we give honor unto the Lord. And so, Caleb, if you want to raise your hand when you're singing, brother, you go right ahead and do that. Okay? Because that's okay with me. And I believe that's okay with the Lord. I think it's a lot of times when we're praying, according to the Bible, we should, we should hold up holy hands. There's nothing wrong in your prayer time. Just holding up your hands unto the Lord and praising God. Not only did Mary praise the Lord with her body, her lips, she also praised him from the depths of her soul. Because it says in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. You know, you'll see on the screen, Jesus said in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, He says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. You really want to honor the Lord? Love him, okay? Love him with all that you are. That is the first commandment. So our, tro- our soul is involved in true worship. And I believe we must be careful here and ask ourselves a question. Is my worship authentic or is it just routine? Okay? Is it authentic? Because I wonder, when we're gathering together, whether it's a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, or if I'm just reading my Bible and I just take a moment with my, with my Heavenly Father, 
Does he see my worship at that moment as authentic and is blessed by it? Or am I just doing something in a routine? Because I'm going to tell you something. If it's just routine, Ronnie, it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to get anywhere, right? And all of us, we can come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and tonight I'm speaking to a Wednesday night crowd. We can be at church every time the door is open, and we can be very far from God. Our hearts can be very far from the Lord because it has become routine in our worship. So is our worship authentic or is it routine? Is my love for the Lord genuine or does my worship draw me closer to the Lord? And does my worship draw me closer to the Lord? Is my love for the Lord genuine? And does it draw me closer to God? Because, Jordan, when we come together tonight, all right, you're here, you have made forth an effort. You've worked all day. You've put forth an effort to come to church on a Wednesday night. Don't fall asleep. Right? Put, I'm not saying, just so the record's straight, I'm not saying Jordan was falling asleep, Okay? What I'm saying is, allow, allow something tonight to help you get closer to God. It doesn't, be the, it doesn't have to be the entire sermon. But something, God should have something for you tonight that's going to help your walk with the Lord. And so you ought, to, you ought to be looking for that. Because otherwise... Otherwise, God's not really impressed that we just showed up, right? He's not impressed. And not only that, but God really had something specific for you tonight. And you just chose to miss it because you checked out, you know? So every time we gather, every time you're reading the Word, Monday through Saturday, anytime you're in the Word, be all in in that moment. And let God give you something at that time that's going to help you. Because otherwise, it's just routine, it's just show. And I'm going to tell you something, you're not going to be any closer to God because you attended church seven days a week than you are if you didn't attend. If you just check out and it's just a routine. you got to be all in in the moment, okay? And so Mary was very intentional with her worship. She was intense in the way that she, she worshiped the Lord. Okay, then I want you to see in verse 47. The intensity of her worship shows up from the depths of her spirit. Because she says in verse 47, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. When Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, he provided us a very important fact about worship. He said in John 4 and verse 24, he says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the Lord revealed some things to Mary. And it wasn't just the message he sent to her through, through Gabriel. Her entire song of praise to the Lord is filled with scriptural references that she received by faith because spiritual worship is scriptural worship. Are you with me? 
And that's the intensity of her praise. Okay? There was something that... I, I, I know some people who, who they, they get the spiritual aspect of it, but they leave out the truth of the word. Everything's spiritual. Okay? And then I know some, everything's about the word, but they leave out the spirit. To really worship God, it's got to be a good balance of both. God testifies of himself through his spirit, and he increases our faith in his word. He increases our knowledge and our understanding. And so throughout her song of praise, she offers scriptural references. She is praising God for all that he has done. She has accepted the fact that prophetically Isaiah testified that a virgin would conceive and have a child. And that was taking place in her, and she accepted that. And now she's offering praise to the Lord. So secondly tonight, I want us to see the intention of her praise. Okay? Mary's intention for praise was not to draw attention to herself. Okay? So, D.D., I think it is wonderful for a person to praise the Lord and hold up their hands and give praise to God. Are you with me? And only God knows our heart. Some people will say, oh, you shouldn't do that because you're drawing attention to yourself. Well, for some, that could be true. But I'm going to leave that up to the Lord in between them. Are you with me? If, 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 if they're praising God and they, and, 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 and they want to get excited about it, that's between them and the Lord. If they want to get excited about it, I, I appreciate that more so than the person who won't sing and just says that they're dead. Are you with me? And maybe they're worshiping the Lord in their own way. I'm going to leave them alone too. Okay? I don't know what their relationship... I, I don't know what's between you and the Lord. But I know this. She's very intentional in how she prays the Lord. And in doing so, she sought to place all the attention upon God. She did so. She did so. She was intentional in praising the Lord in the way that she magnified him. Okay? We go back to verse 46. We saw that Mary is speaking here, and we see that her soul is involved. But what is her soul doing? She's choosing to magnify the Lord. All right? When we think of, what do we think of when we magnify something, Cody? Come on, man. You ever seen a magnifying glass? What's it do? It makes stuff look bigger, doesn't it? All right? All right? That's why, that's why one day you're going to have to have a pair of glasses. Okay? That's why. All right? To make those little words bigger. That's how we often think of magnifying. And, and this word is used in that sense a lot of times. It's to enlarge. It's to make bigger. Okay? It's to magnify it's, it's, I want to make the, the attention. My praise is not to make myself bigger. My praise is to make the Lord bigger. Okay? And right now, I want to draw everybody to the Lord and what he is doing in my life and what he can do in your life. And so I'm choosing to magnify the Lord. Uh, another way that it's used, though, is to praise and to celebrate to extol upon the Lord. And, and so it's to make much of the Lord. And so when she begins singing here in her praise and her worship, she is choosing to magnify God in that moment. And the Lord 
through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit has, has, has eternally recorded this moment. She is doing this. Listen, think of it like this. She is doing it in the house of Elizabeth, okay? But what we're seeing here, what God is giving us here is a very intimate view of something that's just between her and God. All right? Right now, she, she doesn't have all of us in mind when she's praising the Lord. She doesn't know that God's going to record it in Luke chapter 1 for us to read 2,000. Right now, it's just between her and God. Okay? And she is praising the Lord. And it's such a blessing to the Lord that he puts it in Scripture. And it encourages us and it helps us. She is choosing to magnify the Lord. And it leads me to ask this question tonight. What if every time we came together to worship the Lord, we made it entirely about Him and not ourselves? Wouldn't that change the way we have church? What if we just showed up and said, I, I, Johnny, what if we just showed up and said, I am just excited. We're about to have church. I'm about to come together with my church family. And we're about to worship God together. And I want to tell you something. We're about to touch heaven. We're about to praise the Lord. God is fixing to do something in my life that is going to draw me closer to Him. He's going to increase my faith today. He's going to help me. He's going to use me to help somebody else. I'm going to be a blessing to someone else today. They're going to be a blessing to me. We're fixing to have a great time because today is the Lord's day and He is worth worshiping and praising, okay? What if we all had that attitude? Wouldn't it be a great day? Right? But I know how it is. I know how it is. We come into church. Bless God, five youngins have been a terror to get, get ready to come to church, you know. We're on our way, and, and I'm upset about something, and Christy's upset about something, and, and we're fussing back and forth, you know, and we get in here and, and uh, put a smile on, and you say, how we're doing? Oh, we're doing good. And she looks at me, are we, really, you know? You know, that's, that's, that's life. But what if, what if we've learned all the kids are ironing their clothes on Saturday night? Everybody's clothes is ready Saturday night. Before they go to a ball game, before they go somewhere, their clothes better be ready. They better be ironed and they're ready to go. Right? Showers are taken on Saturday night, all right? Because seven of us is a tough time on Sunday morning. Everybody. And if we, if we all have our hearts right, and we show up here, and we're excited, this is what we're really here for. We're not just come to church. We're not just to come to, to, to just do the thing, to just do the routine. But we're really coming, I'm about to worship my God with the body of Christ, a family that I'm a part of, and we're about to have a good time, and we're about to praise the Lord, and we're going to lift Him up right now. And if there's anybody lost, I'm going to tell you something. They have got to be, they, they've got to have their brain inspected if they want to leave church this morning and not be saved, right? 
That's how we should come to worship. She's magnifying the Lord. Look on the screen. I've got you this verse. I'll read it to you. Maybe that's why the Apostle Paul was such an incredible Christian. Philippians 1, verse 20 and 21. He says, according to my earnest expectation, my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And Brandon, he, wrote, he said those words from a prison cell. And he said, whether I live or whether I die, my hope and my desire is that Christ is magnified. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If that was our attitude and our spirit, then Steve, maybe God would use us in bigger ways. Right? Her intensity of her praise shows up in verse 47 in the way that she rejoiced in her Savior. She says, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Mary understood her greatest need was the same as everyone else's. I made mention of that Sunday morning. I won't go into detail about it tonight. But King Solomon stated in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. All have sinned, Right? That's before Romans 3.23. But Solomon said, every person is sin. There's not a just man upon earth that hasn't sinned. And Mary recognized that. And so, so when she is singing, she is rejoicing that God is her Savior. With all of her spirit, she's praising the Lord. She's testifying of her hope and God and the salvation that he offers. And all praise and all thanksgiving should begin with our salvation. Amen? Because listen, listen to this right here. If you don't have assurance of your salvation, okay, you don't have any reason to praise God. If you go through this life, Andrew, and you think for just a moment, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven or not, how can you worship God? I'm going to worship you, Lord, because if I don't, I probably won't go to heaven. That rules out everything that Jesus Christ has done. The assurance of our salvation helps us. It's the the basis, it's the foundation of our praise and our worship to the Lord. Then I want us to see tonight the intensity of her praise shows up in the way that she testified of the great things that the Lord has done. All right? In verse 48 and 49, she, she, she sings about what the Lord has done for her. Now put yourself, when you read these words, think about yourself. She says, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things... And holy is his name. I believe that the Lord loves to use 
those society says are unusable. And that crowd right there said, all right? She sees herself and she says, the Lord hath looked upon me. He's regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. She's saying, she's saying this, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. There is no reason on earth that God should be blessing me in the way that he is. But he is about to do a miracle in my life. He is about to bless the world through my life. And I'm going to tell you something like this, Amos. I'm going to tell you this, Bridget. God can do a miracle through your life and bless people through your life because of what Jesus has done through you. And he can do that with all of us. And we don't have to have this great resume, this wonderful testimony. And if we've got one, praise the Lord for it. Right? Praise God for it. Praise the Lord for the, praise the, Lord for the young man that come through his teenage years and never did a drug, never did alcohol, never sinned against the Lord or against his body. In a way that's displeasing the Lord, God bless a young man that's got a testimony like that. But God bless the young man who has made some mistakes, but has found the Lord and has accepted Christ as his Savior. Now he's got his life on the right path and he's seeking every way for God to use him. She is praising the Lord because of what the Lord has done for her. And so Stephen, if you're trying to figure out how can I praise God... How, how can I begin my prayer tonight? Just start off by praising God for what he's done in your life. All right? Start right there. Okay? In those moments of bitterness, you know, in those moments where we get down and we get, we get low and we're upset and we're discouraged, the way out of that is to start praising God for all that he's already done in your life. That's the way you get out of that. Stop looking in the dismal despair that you feel like you're in and start focusing on the goodness of God and all that he's done in your life. And it'll begin to change your heart and your attitude. That's, how, that's what she's focusing on. Then I want you to see in verses 50 through 53 that she, she testified of the great things the Lord had done by testifying of what his mercy will do for others. So notice what she says in verses 50 and 51. And that is that she, she's speaking that God is a helper to the helpless. She says, His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with His arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. All of us are helpless when it comes to a relationship with God or, or helpless in getting, finding our way to heaven without the mercy of God. And she sings of his mercy on them that fear him, to them that love him, to them that find him and experience his strength. Then she testifies that God is the applause for the humble in verse 52. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. 
the mighty and the proud, God has a way of bringing low. But those who are low and humble, those who, those who like that publican, who when he's praying, he can't even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he just beats on his chest, and all he can say is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He's not like that Pharisee who looks at that lowly publican who who has a record of sin, and that Pharisee says, God, I thank you that I am not like him. I thank you that I have not an extortioner and all these lists of things that he mentions that he is not. But I know this, he's something, he's guilty of something, and he's guilty of pride. And the Lord said, who is, who is righteous? And even his accuser says, the one that couldn't lift up his eyes to heaven. The Lord, can, the Lord can take care of the proud and he can, put his, he, can, he can bring them to a place where they have nowhere else to look. He can take them from the, from the, from the riches of daddy, bring them through, the, through the, the, bring them through the pig pen, bring them through the place where his feet are dirty, his life is filthy, he's wasted his living on harlots. He's, way, he's wasted his living on riotous living. He can bring them through that. He can bring them down to that to where they come to a place where the Bible says they came to themselves. And they thought of how good that they had it in the, for the Father. And they make a repentant heart and they return back. And they said, if I could just get back to the Father and ask him to make me as one of his lowly servants. Before, before he even gets the words out of his mouth, the Father has wrapped his arms around him. He's called for the coat to be wrapped over him and, and over those dirty and filthy clothes. He brings the shoes to cover the dirty feet and he places that ring upon his finger because he can lift up those of low degree. The Lord can exalt. And she's praising him for that. And then she testifies and praises him of what his covenant means to us in verse 54 and 55. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Mary is referencing the covenant that God made with Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12. And despite Israel's consistent flaws and their apostate mindset, God had remained faithful to his covenant And Mary recognizes this and praises him for it. As the angel told Mary in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, The babe shall be great, he shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. You can read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18 and see how God broke down that wall and made possible salvation to us all. Let's close with this and consider these thoughts tonight. A few takeaways. Be careful routine doesn't replace God. 
Okay? We like routine because we find comfort in that, right? We find comfort. We don't like something coming in and messing up our routine. It's, it, it throws everything out of balance. But we got to be careful that we're not so comfortable that, with a routine that we've allowed the routine to push God completely out of it. Don't allow the routine to replace God. Secondly, in order for us to magnify the Lord, we must minimize ourselves. It can't all be about us and all be about God, Michael. Just don't work that way. John said, he must increase, talking about Christ. He must increase, I must decrease. So it can't all be about us. If we're going to magnify the Lord, we're going to praise Him, we're going to let Him have His rightful place in our life, we have to be willing to minimize ourselves. And lastly, authentic praise begins with assured salvation. You must know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you're really going to worship God in truth and in spirit. Amen. If you don't know the truth, the truth can't make you free. And who said he's the way, the truth, and the life? Jesus himself, didn't he? He is the truth. And so authentic praise begins with assured salvation. you got to know Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And when you have that foundation, you can go forward in him. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior tonight, if you're in this auditorium, come see me at the end of the service tonight. If you're on live stream, you can contact us. You can contact, uh, you can go to our website. You can email me. You can contact the church office. You can put there in the comments and we'll see them at the end of the service. See how we can help you. Let's, let's take a moment tonight before we get to the prayer requests and let's take a moment just to praise the Lord. And... Uh, Let's get, our, let's get our hearts and minds right with him tonight.